Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Financial Commute. I'm Chris Gillespie, your host, joined by CEO of Morton Wealth, Jeff Sardi. Jeff, thank you for joining us. Excited to be here. So as we close out 2022, um, you know, everybody looks at it like start of the new year. What's going to happen? I always find it somewhat interesting because at least in finance, whatever was going on in December is going to roll over to January. We were in this room or the room next door last year. And we had some fun saying, hey, let's let's make some predictions for 2022. I, f- I forgot about that. U.S. stocks were up like 27%. Um, the markets and the economy was doing well because yeah. of all the stimulus and money printing and, you know, coming out of COVID. And I went out on a limb. I hate predictions, but I went out on a limb. And I think I picked one of the potentially the worst asset classes this year. I said emerging markets was going to do okay. the best in 2022. Yeah, those have done not so great, right? What did, what did I pick? I don't remember. You picked gold. Okay. And so both of us kind of had the same idea. We thought that the U.S. dollar might get a little bit right. weaker. Um, I was hoping that the war in Russia and Ukraine would kind of go away and that would, yeah. that would help um, the emerging markets and the growth there. Um, you thought the dollar was going to get weaker because of all the money printing and the fact that the Fed might have to raise interest sure. rates, it might might help gold, but sure. we, we yeah. both kind of... Gold and yeah. just okay. Down small. Flattish on yeah. the year? Yeah, flattish or so on the year. Um, you know, so some of the trends that, that are still carrying through to 2023, inflation's an issue. Mm-hmm. The Fed's continuing to hike rates. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about what's happened here in tw- 2022 because it's a big shift from where we've been oh, yeah. from an investment standpoint in the last 15. So let's talk a little bit about what, what's happened this year. Yeah, it really has been a fascinating year. And I mean, we're going back on a decade where every year seemed the same, right? It was like Groundhog Day, markets basically since 2008, up every year. Yeah. More importantly, interest rates, bonds, bonds have done well year after year with interest rates going down, not just even for the last decade, but really for the last 40 years. Right. So this right. is, I mean, just really a a paradigm shift. So it's it's really a story of inflation catching most by surprise. Yeah. Not really us. I mean, it's been a concern of ours for quite some time, even though we never knew, quite knew when the spark would be lit and inflation would turn. Um, but it's been a story of inflation and rising interest rates. Yeah. I came across a quote by Howard Marks over the weekend. Mm-hmm. The majority... He's, he's great. Yeah. Big the, fan is. The majority <laughs> of the generational wealth that's been created over the last 40 years... Yeah he says is because interest rates going from, you know, mid to high teens down to basically zero the last 40 years. That's been the cause of this wealth creation the last 40 years. I, I couldn't agree more. When, when you're in a secular shift, literally for a generation of lowering interest rates, uh, it's really hard to make mistakes. I mean, pretty much everything goes up when you're supported by declining interest rates. So it has been that phenomenon. But what's been so interesting, I mean, not only the move towards inflation in 2022, but the pace of it. Um, Like I was just looking at interest rates, for instance, interest rates, the 10 year US government bond. Do you remember where it started the year? It's like one and a half or so, right? Exactly. I just looked this morning. It was almost exactly one and a half percent. Right now it's 3.6 or 3.7 and it got north of four. I mean, that that pace of move in interest rates really fast. The Fed funds rate, everyone's obviously concerned with the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, how much is he going to raise interest rates? Yeah. The pace is what's been extreme. It, the Fed funds rates in December, I quite forgotten when they started, it was still zero. No kidding. So they 
the rate the raise in rates of five percent that happened in basically the last 10 11 months and usually would think that would take two to three years but no I mean, the pace has just been in Extreme. And so when you're talking about the Fed funds rate and interest mm-hmm. rates, obviously the Fed is controlling short-term sure. interest rates. Yeah. And that's the Fed funds. Yeah. 12 months ago it was zero. Today it's what, four and a quarter or four and a quarter, yeah, four and a half. Yeah. And yeah. their their goal, or they went on record in December saying that they they wanted to get to about five and a quarter sure. or so. They're planning on continuing to hike rates through 2023. Yeah. But then the 10-year treasury, the Fed doesn't control that, but it determines a lot of things, like what's the interest rate you get on your mortgage sure. and, and a lot of other things. So when you when you start the year with one and a half percent interest rates on the 10 year, yeah. and then it goes up to 4% or three and a half or whatever it is today, that that changes people's purchasing power oh, yeah. for a lot of big ticket items. There's no doubt. I mean, it really, interest rates are the most important factor determinant of the economy. Yeah. I mean, they really drive behavior tremendously and again, We've been so spoiled for really the past decade with basically zero or close to zero percent interest rates that the cost of money in essence has been free so that's why you know buying homes buying cars there's been such tremendous activity but with raising rates i mean yeah that that changes the landscape and of course things are going to slow down and things have slowed down are we in a recession yet don't really know maybe are we going into a recession perhaps but there's no free lunch. And when rates raise this fast, this quickly, I mean, there's going to be some pain. You mentioned no free lunch yeah. and sort of why the Fed might be doing this. I've got some theories, but when you've got $30 trillion worth of debt, yeah, that's a lot of money. It's, it's impossible to comprehend. And, you know, governments can operate with, with debt, not yeah. like people. I mean, people at a certain point you know, debt causes them to go bankrupt. Yeah. But one of two things is likely to happen because of all this debt. You either let inflation run for a while, yep. so that way that debt doesn't feel that large, Yeah. or you raise interest rates. But virtually both of those are the same, uh, you raise taxes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, but those are virtually the same thing. Yes. It's causing you to not be able to use your dollars to buy the same amounts of goods and services over time because you're either being taxed or because inflation has has taken away your purchasing power? Inflation, we do, listen, we don't know where things will ultimately settle out, but we do, as we've been talking the last few years, we do think some higher level inflation is the path of least resistance for the government, to your point, to pay off these debts. There's a lot of ways to do it. They could raise taxes, and they, they might, and they probably will at some point, but there's only so much they can raise taxes. That's not fun. Uh, we could deliver. Deleveraging, it's going to happen at some point, but that's not fun as well. So, what's the easiest path? It really is an inflationary path. That's the path we've used in the past. The 1940s are a good example where we had tremendous debt levels coming out of World War II. Yeah. How did they solve that? They debased the dollar. They encouraged some inflation, a moderate level of inflation, and so those debt levels in real terms came down over time. Yeah. I think that's a path of least resistance, but it's a tricky one to play. And it, during during that time, there was also a big growth in industrial revolution, yeah. and and so there was a lot more jobs, sure. and so there was there was a, a lot of ways that the that the people of our country could feel like they weren't getting beaten up all the time because there was opportunity and growth and incomes. And, the growth was real then, right? Yeah. I mean, net of inflation, we were growing in the three, four, five percent range yeah. for quite some time now. Even during the 
2010 to 2020 with no real recession, right. we were really only growing in the one and a half to two percent range. So that's another headwind. I mean, we just don't have the demographics yeah. that we did then with the baby boomer generation to really grow our way out of this in as robust of a fashion. So yeah, that's a long-term concern. And, and that's why, that's your biggest concern. It's not so much that inflation can be an issue, but mm-hmm. the fact that we, we might not have the tools to have the growth as an economy to keep up with it. And so people can feel like, you know, times are continue to be challenging. Yeah, and so again, what the future holds, we don't know. And it doesn't mean necessarily doom and gloom. It just means this might be a bit of a slog. I mean, this might take time to get out of this. Um, and you just going back to the number, I mean, $30 trillion. I mean, th- these are numbers we really can't comprehend. And it made me think of, I think we did this on a webinar about two years ago. I think Megan did this, just the concept of a number a trillion. I don't know if you remember this. So <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? So if you counted to a trillion yeah. and each digit was one second, so one, two, three, four, five, that took five seconds. So it would take a trillion seconds. How long would it take? How many seconds is a trillion seconds? If you counted a digit a second a trillion times. Well, it's, it's a trillion seconds, but I don't know how long that would take in terms of hours or days. I forget. You want to come up? Just want to guess something? I hate, I hate being put on the spot like this. Three years. Three years. Most people guess, yeah, some sort of years. It, the answer is years, but 30,000 years. 30,000 years. 30,000 years. 30,000 years. To count to a trillion. I can't even really comprehend 30,000 years, let alone 30 trillion. Yeah. So it just shows the size of this, and it's 30 trillion. Yeah. You know, that was one trillion. By the way, that number doesn't even include the unfunded liabilities of Social Security and Medicare. Yeah. Which, by some estimates, are multiples of that 30 trillion dollars. I mean, it's just going to take, it's going to take a long time to get these debt levels back to a more reasonable level. But mine's still going around the 30, 30,000 years. Yep. So obviously challenging year for stocks, bonds, um, some positives out of higher interest rates. Cash is now an asset yep. class. We're finding some really good yields and some fixed income. Yeah. But looking out into 2023, I know you hate predictions. Like, what, what do you think is likely to happen in 2023? We, we do hate predictions, yeah. right? The, the emerging markets example, my yeah. gold. I mean, we don't know what the future holds. We really don't. Uh, I will say, though, to your point, fixed income has become a much more interesting asset class, fixed income or bonds. Yeah. Rewind back to 2022, yes, stocks were down, S&P's down, I think 17 or 18%, international stocks are down 15. Yeah. Not a fun year for stocks, but that's what stocks do. Stocks go up and down and sometimes they have tough years. What really shook the market up and, and caught people by surprise were bonds. I mean, bonds are down, I think now 11 or 12%, at their worst they were down about 15%. Yeah. That by depending on which bond index you're looking at, the worst year in bonds literally in the last century. I mean, so bonds just got obliterated. So the flip side of that argument is because because bonds got obliterated, they got a lot cheaper. The yield on a lot of bonds, including cash and some pretty safe bonds, is much more attractive. So really, for the first time in upwards of a decade, we're looking at some fixed income and actually getting excited. Yeah. And it's not like it's a slam dunk and a tremendous opportunity, but there are some really interesting opportunities where we think you're at least being compensated for the risk you're taking and can make 
in fairly conservative fixed income land, five, six, seven percent. So that's a we're we're making some meaningful shifts in client portfolios on the bond side. Yeah, that's that that is the nice part about this. I yeah. mean, when you look at the last fifteen years with interest rates being at zero, it forces people to take on way more risk than what they're comfortable with, because there's nowhere else to go to try to make money. Um, with interest rates being at zero. So now that now the rates have come up and you, there's some attractive options yeah. from the safe end. Um, but 2022 proved out to be a very different year from, from an investing standpoint compared to the last 15 because yeah. of diversification. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts around diversification and how we're trying to position things going forward. We're as truly obsessed with diversification as ever before. And this was the year really where we were finally put to the, te- to the test. Diversification prior to 2022, the truth is it hasn't mattered that much, right? Yeah. When US and international stocks go up together and bonds are fine, that's kind of all the diversification you need. But we've been concerned for a number of years that those three assets, US stocks, international stocks, and bonds, wouldn't quite cut it in an inflationary environment. And that is what we've seen, right? right? So this has been a real unusual year in that all of those asset classes at the same time have gotten hammered. That hasn't really happened before. Like 2008 is an example. Your bonds did well. Yeah. They were the balance of your portfolio, not the case this year. So we, because we're in so many other asset classes that were resilient, yeah. we've really, we've done, we've done well. Yeah. We've, we've held up in this year. We, we think that approach is unchanged. I mean, yeah. we think if anything, the trend will probably continue volatility associated with inflation, potentially a tough ride ahead for stocks. Bonds, again, while rates are higher, still could be challenged in an inflationary environment. So we're not complacent. We're continuing to find, look for alternative solutions outside of stocks and bonds that, again, will just march to the beat of their own drummer. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, because I I think you and I share the same viewpoint that if you continue to invest the same way that you have the last 30 or 40 years in the next 5, 10, 20 years, you're probably not going to be as successful or resilient or comfortable through periods like this going forward. So we need to change the way that we're approaching diversification and looking at different ways to invest. So many ask us the prediction game, right? What's going to happen next year? And that's a fair question. We talk about those things, but that's the less important question. The more important question is what's going to happen over the next 10 or 20 years. And we've had a 40-year time frame, as we've talked about, of declining interest rates. That has been the theme. And that is a theme that's worked. All you've had to do is really close your eyes, invest, and you'll be okay. If we have a new paradigm, and we think it's likely, we're potentially in a rising interest rate environment Mm -hmm. over the next decade or two, you just have to have a very different approach. You have to be more nimble. You have to be more willing to find asset classes that will be more resilient in a flat or rising interest rate environment. Um, It's hard to do, but that's, that's our area of expertise. Well, I love it. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, as we head into 2023, I'm sure we'll, we'll have you on here a lot to talk I'm about excited. some of the great things yeah. that we're doing. But, but thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Chris. Yeah.